Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend. In this episode, we're going to talk about what is a manifestation. By the time we're done, the definition that we arrive at might be different than what you think a manifestation is. The movie The Secret and the consequent book kind of set out or set the idea out there that a manifestation are those things that you desire, the things that you focus on, that you align with. Really a manifestation, if we look at the dictionary, is anything that is readily perceived by the eye brought into physical form, or through understanding. From a psychoanalytic context, it's it said that a behavior, a pattern, a f- mental frame, a set of perceptions could be made manifest due to an underlying psychodynamic. Now, in the arena of our discussion, a manifestation is anything which you bring into your life based on a mental frame, a set of thoughts that you have, and the supporting emotional dynamic, which if I were to sum up means that we are always manifesting. Everything that shows up in your life is a manifestation. The desired and the undesired, the welcomed and the unwelcomed. And I'm talking about those things that are not only a physical manifestation, but also thoughts, emotions, and even psychic or intuitive urgings. Those urgings are a manifestation based on the current question that you're asking. They're not always for your highest good. That's why it's always incumbent upon us to take a look at the manifestations, the circumstances, the events, the things that are showing up in our life, and ask ourselves, what was the sponsoring thought? What was the sponsoring emotion? What was my state of being that ushered this manifestation in? For instance, you could call in a career, a job, a relationship based on an old, outdated paradigm, an old, outdated mindset. You could attract those circumstances based on a position of fear or something that you're moving away from, the things that you don't want. And I have an interesting example of that. Like I've said in a past episode, for a time, my wife and I were watching this uh, television series called Naked and Afraid. And what that basically, the context of the show is that two people, a man and a woman, are sent to a a locale, supposedly desolate, remote, uh, outside of uh, public uh, contact. And, you know, they're, they're put out there naked. They, they take their clothes off and they have a basic set of supplies, like usually a fire starter, a pot to boil water in, and that's it. Maybe a knife. And that's it. And they're to live off the land for 14, 21 days, sometimes up to 60 days. So I guess I should qualify that you never see any nudity on the show. Everything's kind of blurred out, but they are naked out there in the wild. Well, there was this one episode where the man, he described himself as location independent. Basically, he was homeless, but homeless by choice. And he said that the only person he ever trusted was his dad. And so he created a life of being self-reliant because virtually every person in his life had let him down. 
Well, his partner was a a woman from Colorado, I think. I think she was a lawyer. And her issue was, or her belief, was that she always had to prove herself, that no one took her ideas seriously. Well, the resulting dynamic was interesting. The woman had a particular point of view on how the shelter should be built. And they, you know, everyone, they create their shelter the first or second day. And uh, the guy went along with it. He didn't want to cause any issues, but he didn't really like the way the shelter turned out. And so he ended up moving away and created his own shelter. So she felt like she wasn't being taken seriously, and he felt like he couldn't trust anybody. They actually manifested their beliefs about relationships and dealing with other people inside this partnership. They'd never met each other before this, yet they came together and created the very thing that they didn't want, the thing they didn't like about dealing with other people. And as luck would have it, this guy, when he was out hunting, his partner was tending his fire and accidentally put too much wood on it and ended up burning his shelter down. Again, he was homeless, and he felt like he was let down by his partner, betrayed. Well, the next part of the story is that they built another shelter that they shared, but it was by his design. And then she had one fear of any of the animals that are out there in the wild. It was somewhere in the rainforest. Uh, She had a fear of snakes. And do you know the one animal that found its way into the shelter was a snake. They literally manifested their fears and the things that they did not want into their experience. I see that dynamic happen again and again when we've watched these together, my wife and I. And the thing that I really like about it is that the situation is typically stressful. And so whenever you're up against something that is out of your comfort zone, you tend to default to your training, to your programming. Well, in that example that I was talking about, the woman ended up tapping out. She left early and the guy went the distance, but by himself. On another front, I've had clients that grew up in a narcissistic household. One or both of the parents had narcissistic tendencies, and there was a certain amount of emotional or physical neglect. And they ended up, once they got out in the world, they attracted a partner that had the same dynamic as what they grew up with. Now, this might be a good time to reaffirm that the universe is always working on your behalf, that it is always working out for you. And when we create something that we don't want, that becomes a decision point, a choice point, where we can literally recreate something new. Because of the contrast that comes up, we're so dissatisfied with the way it is that we are inspirationally motivated to create a whole new reality. And if we take responsibility for what shows up, that manifestation, then we can actually choose how to create something new, do it consciously instead of creating from the unconscious or subconscious programming. In the next episode, I'm going to talk more specifically about generative manifesting and specific manifesting or intentional manifesting. But as long as I brought it up, I will say that when we begin intentionally manifesting too soon before we have a good control over our vibration, our dynamic, our presenting emotional set point, we could actually create more often the things we don't want. Or we get what we wanted, but there's aspects of that creation that we're 
we weren't really considering. And so it just adds another layer of complexity that we then then have to create around. And uh, a good example of this is I've done a number of, of psychic readings where people ask for a particular relationship. They want to know, will this relationship turn out? And this has happened more than one occasion. And so this is a pattern that's out there and it's something for you to be aware of. So they're asked, you know, do I get the ring? Do I get the relationship? And the answer is yes. But what's not asked typically is, will I be happy? What will be the dynamic of this relationship? Will this be a detour in my spiritual growth or my growth as a, as a person? Or will it amplify, excel? Will it be a supportive relationship? There's circumstances where you need to determine whether or not you're creating from your ego needs, your ego wants and needs, to, to validate yourself, or is it for your highest good? Are you aligning with source? And that's something that a lot of people have issue with. And I have to admit, when people started saying align with source, what does that mean? Well, I'll go into that in the next episode. There I can give a more thorough treatment of that whole aspect of connecting with source. But before I go on to the next aspect of manifesting, let me just draw a line back to those things that we're creating that we don't really want. And that is when we're focusing on what we don't want. Again, your point of power is your focus, your focused thoughts. And a lot of times people get caught up in that, I don't want this. I don't want that. I'm tired of that. Yet that is their focus. And what are they an energetic match to? They're an energetic match to more of the same because that's where their energy is and that's where their focus is. And I know I've talked about this before and it bears repeating. I probably not talk about it too much, but... You cannot not think of something. The brain's incapable of that. And the universe doesn't hear the negative. It just hears where your focus is. And as a consequence, when our focus is on the areas or the things, the circumstances that we don't want, the brain, the mind, the universe cannot give you the alternate. For instance, have you ever been on the highway and had a semi right next to you? You have to focus down the road and not have your focus, not have your vision drawn to the tires right next to you. Because if you begin focusing on the truck, you'll start drifting closer to the truck. And if you've ever gone through a construction zone where they have the barriers and their shoulders gone, there's only a couple feet between you and the barrier, you need to focus on the road. Because once you begin thinking too much about the barrier you'll drift towards the barrier because the mind cannot not think of something. The same dynamic occurs with race car drivers. When you're driving at 100 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour towards a barrier or a wall, you're taught to look in the direction that you want to turn. Don't look at the wall because you'll end up plastering yourself all over the wall. You just look in the direction that you want to move. In sports, in sports competition, when the competitors focus too much on the outcome that they don't want to happen, they tend to choke. It's they restrict their free-flowing energy and they literally choke off the possibility and they end up failing, they double fault, they miss the shot, they fumble the pass. How this occurs with kids, you know, if you tell a child, don't run, you'll fall, what is the image in your mind? You see the kid running and falling. You cannot not do something. Don't place that cup there. You'll knock it off. 
all you see is the cup being knocked off. Now, it is possible to utilize this negative frame in a way that's productive. I utilize it that way in hypnosis all the time when I'm working with hypnotic clients. Because some people have a natural uh, a propensity to be a polarity responder. If you say yes, they say no. And so if a person is highly, and children are like this often, and let's use a child. When a child doesn't want to go to bed, you can say, you don't have to go to bed right now. You can stay up another 15 minutes even though you're tired. And so when you say it that way, the implication is that they should be going to bed right now because they're tired, but they now have permission to stay up another 15 minutes. And by the time the end of that 15 minutes comes, they are ready for bed. Something else I like to pass along when I'm parting ways with a friend or two is don't have any more fun than you can possibly stand. We all know how horrible that is. Another perspective on that idea is when people tell you to smile. A lot of women have complained, or I've heard them complain, that men appear to be condescending when they say, you're so much prettier when you smile. Why don't you smile more? You see, if you're in a mood that you don't want to smile, whether you're a man or a woman and someone tells you to smile, you're like, who are you? I don't feel like smiling. But if you were to say it this way, I like it when you don't smile, because when you do, it has the force of the sun. I don't know about you, but that typically results in a smile. How about this? Don't manifest any more money than you can spend in a lifetime. But wouldn't it be interesting to manifest more than you could spend in a lifetime? Yes, wouldn't it be interesting? So, what other manifestations? Let's, let me give you a general rule of manifestation. You either create all of your reality or you create none of it. And that means that other people cannot create a set of circumstances for you that you do not allow. The law of attraction is just that. You attract all the circumstances into your life. All the relationship dynamics, the job dynamics, the stress, all that is attracted by you, your point of focus. Now, this is where a lot of psychologists get their feathers ruffled, even some of you all. What do you mean, I'm to blame for this? I'm to blame for these circumstances, the abuse? No, I'm just saying that you attracted it based on some aspect of your persona, some, and it can be an unconscious aspect. And that's the whole process of becoming a conscious being, of bringing the unconscious into conscious choice. And that's why if in the absence of a conscious choice to create something different, you may repeat a pattern in a relationship again and again and again until you say, I'm done, no more. And you establish a boundary of which you hold to. It's a stand that you make for yourself. This is what you're going to allow or not allow into your life. See, we don't set boundaries for other people. We establish them for ourselves. There's, we basically say, we value this. We want this. Not that. We don't want that. We want this. But Abraham Hicks says it this way. There is no assertion. There is only attraction. Attraction, attraction, attraction. Okay, I'm inserting this comment in post-production. It's a valid argument that sometimes things happen that are just devastating. 
and it seems almost cruel to think that we created it on some level. Well, if that's the case for you, I want to refer you back to a couple episodes manifesting alchemy, turning lead into gold. There's two episodes, 168 and 169, where I address this more poignantly. So in being responsible for what you attract, you need to be conscious. Well, it's incumbent upon you to be conscious of what you're attracting, to actually look at what is my point of focus? What's the frequency of my thoughts? And what is the resulting emotions that are there? Now, this is where people get hung up because most people are not taught how to manage their vibration, how to manage their emotional state, to be responsible for it, response-abled for your emotions. Most people experience their emotions as a byproduct of the circumstances that they're in, the effect of other people, the other people's choices, but that's our response to their choice. It's the response to the behavior that we make it personal about us. And so sometimes we get offended. Our emotions for most become a knee-jerk habitual response. Because sometimes those emotional responses seem as if they were triggered by a look, a tone of voice, a circumstance, and you're immediately transported in the past. That emotional response is from some past situation that was unresolved, cast aside, buried, not dealt with. And so because it lies in the unconscious, it is triggered or set off as if someone pushes your buttons and you go from zero to 90, just like that. Well, that response is an unconscious manifestation. We'll talk more about creating emotional states in the next episode. But in this episode, I just want to draw your attention to that, that emotional state, that way of being. The emotional response is a manifestation. It is the caboose on your train of thought. So you have to picture certain things, say certain things to yourself, which result in an emotional response. They are all within your control. Now, this is really good news because that means you could raise your vibration on purpose by refocusing your thoughts and behaving in a way that is in alignment with having that emotion. And we'll talk more about that. I don't want to get ahead of myself in the next episode. I promise we'll get to that. Now, the next manifestation or aspect of manifestation, this becomes the most difficult aspect of honing in or targeting in on your intuitive guidance because the urgings and impulses that come up are a reflection or an answer to your current question. And so if you're not asking the right question or if your state of mind or your frame is not centered or grounded, you will get guidance that is in alignment with basically what you don't want or it's in alignment with what you think you want. For instance, once upon a time, I was in a relationship that I really was addicted to. I, it wasn't good for me. It, the circumstances didn't really work with my life. But I could not separate myself from this woman. Because when I thought about her, I only thought about the good times. I only thought about those moments in, that were in a bubble. And they didn't really live in the light of day but my ego really wanted this relationship to work. And, you know, there was this feeling, I could make it work. I could make, you know, we could make it happen. And intuitively, 
I kind of knew. Like, I kept getting the impulse, like, I should end this. But I didn't want to. And so I would ask the question again and again until I got the answer that I wanted. And because of the, the power of my focus and the emotion that was behind it, the relationship continued probably three years longer than it should have. Or, in other words, that was healthy for all concerned. But this is where the universe is always working out for you. I gained a ton of wisdom as a result of the decisions and how I was being inside that relationship. I never, ever made that mistake again. I was also able to hone in on my intuition, my true intuitive guidance in a way that has been unflappable since. But I had to go through that period of of not paying attention to the real guidance coming through. And, you know, that's why I said this is the hardest part. What information do you pay attention to? What do you pay credence to? What do you trust? And that's the biggest hurdle for people to, to come up against in becoming an intuitive. That is, how do I trust my guidance? The short answer is practice, trial and error, and then reflection. You reflect on what worked, what didn't work. What was the sensation? What was the feeling? And you start to calibrate on what is a trusted signal. The long answer is, I actually have a course called the Intuition Course And I teach that inside, how to tune in, how to get centered, how to tune into your guidance and become aware of the subtle differences between yes and no and maybe and all that stuff. If you'd like to find out how to access that course, you can go to yesdaniel.com. In fact, if you want to work with me in any capacity, you can go to yesdaniel.com. There's even some free stuff there. It's a link page. So I guess the short answer to what is a manifestation is anything that shows up in your life, you're responsible for. And if you attract something you don't necessarily care for, then we change our approach, we change our point of attraction, we change our thoughts, our vibration, our alignment. There's several different things we can do. But when you understand that everything that shows up in your life is a manifestation, then you can actually begin to look at the point of attraction. This is interesting. It's not necessarily sexy, but the other day I was talking, uh, we have three cats. I was talking to my wife about our three cats, and we have one black one, Binks. And the boy has always had a delicate stomach. So he would, he'll tend to throw up his food, throw up his little hairball more often than not. Sometimes he just has to look at the food, and he ends up throwing up. Then we have a little girl, Luna, who rarely throws up, but every now and then. You know, cats do that. But we have another cat, Gypsy. She's a long-haired black cat. And I made the statement that I have never, I, I can't remember a time when I saw her throw up. And you would think she would because she has the longest coat out of all three. Well, and that's where I left it. Well, two hours later, I walked into our bathroom and uh, Gypsy had thrown up on the bathroom floor. It wasn't very much. It was just a little spittle, but I knew it was her throw up. And I knew that I had manifested that rendezvous with that moment. You know, like I said, it's not a sexy example of manifestation. Back on on July 4th, I ended up having to replace 
a lot of our, our pool piping, pool plumbing around the pool pump and the filter. And uh, it had actually gone bad due to the big freeze in February 2021, but it wasn't that damaged. It was manageable. But it had gotten to the point where I needed to replace it. Well, I didn't call the pool guy because I like to do those kinds of things. So I replaced all the plumbing and I did it just the way I wanted it and I was proud of it. But I had all these parts, all this plastic. And I thought to myself, it's Monday. If I can get this out to the road, it'll get picked up and I wouldn't have to deal with it the rest of the week. But luck would have it. I get out there to the road and the trash has already been picked up. So I just have the empty can out there. Well, I had my arms full of this PVC piping. I dumped it in there and realized it was three quarters full of all this PVC pipe. Now, this presented a problem because, you know, from the household trash that we generate, it was going to be overflowing if that piping wasn't picked up. And I can remember saying to myself, I just wish that the piping was picked up. Well, I had spent three, four hours that afternoon redoing all that piping and uh, I was hot. I was tired. It was over 100 degrees. I was worn out. And I heard my little voice say, just take the cans in the backyard tomorrow. Leave them at the road. No one will care. Well, the next morning, about nine o'clock, I heard a truck come up the road and it stopped in front of our house and picked up that can of trash, picked up all that PVC piping, set the can back down, and then drove, drove up the road as if it came down our street just for my trash. Several other people had also left their cans at the road, and this truck didn't touch any of them. I knew once I saw that truck dump that trash in the back that I had created, I'd manifested a pickup on a day where we didn't have trash pickup. Granted, it's not world peace, it's not a million dollars, It's but it was a manifestation all the same. So, you can manifest circumstances, you can manifest emotional states, you can manifest synchronicities, you can manifest people coming into your life. You manifest how people treat you or don't treat you. I can remember a time when finances were low and I wasn't paying attention to the gas and I ended up running out of fuel on the highway and I just pulled over, was able to drift over just past an exit. And as I got out of the car, I realized I had no money. I didn't have my wallet with me for some reason. It was right in front of a shopping center. And I thought, you know, I'll just walk and maybe I'll find some money. I don't know what made me think that. But as I'm walking back to get to a phone or get to some someone to rescue me, I actually walked by a Visa cash card. It was on the, the shoulder of the road. I picked it up. I wondered if there was any money left on it. I slipped it in my pocket and made my way to a phone. I called the 800 number on the back, and yes, there was $28 left on that card. So that was enough for a gas can and a tank of gas. That's when prices were a lot lower. But you have to understand, too, that I have this belief that everything will work out for me. I am supported by the universe. I have guides and unseen forces that support me. It will always work out in my benefit. Now, there's one more manifestation that I want to touch upon today. I'll go into deeper detail in a episode just down the road here. 
and that is a thought form. Now, one way to think of a thought form is a collection of thoughts, a collection of ideas that are bound by an energetic signature. And this could get a little complex, but I'll try and make this as simple as possible at this moment just to introduce you to the concept if you're not familiar with it. Now, let's first talk about it from the, from the perspective of a psychic intuitive, of a, a medium. As a psychic, I pick up on energy of things and spaces and sometimes non-physical entities, a mediumship, people that are passed beyond, or thought forms, a PK manifestation, a psychic kinetic manifestation of energy and usually of some type of emotional turmoil and angst actually creates an independent entity that can haunt a place cause issues and, you know, things move and drawers open, things fly or things move. These are also referred to as a poltergeist. But just as a place can be imbued with negative energy, a place can also be imbued with a thought form of positive energy, healing energy. And like I said, I'll talk more about this in detail down the road. But another aspect to this is psychometry, where a building some jewelry, articles that you wear on a consistent basis are imbued with your energy, your psychic energy or thought form that can be read by a psychic or a medium. It could be said that Satan, the idea or concept of Satan, is a thought form created by the Catholic Church. In fact, many religions that have been focused on the avoidance of evil, the avoidance of temptation, actually create more of it. It's law of attraction. Speaking of law of attraction, or drawing a finer point on this, as you begin to focus on an emotional set point, an emotional tone, let's say joy or appreciation, you start to attract all the thoughts that are connected to that binding energy. So as you focus on one thought for a period of time, you start to attract other thoughts that are aligned with that energy. Because that emotional vibration is the magnetizing force for all those different thoughts, for those points of view. And that's why you start to get on a roll. You build momentum as you think one thought, then another one comes in that supports that thought. And if you think about thoughts as being things, this is in the context of a thought form, all collected around this vibratory magnetizing force. And as you build momentum, success begets success. Winners win more. It's also referred to as a lucky streak. But on the flip side, you can go downhill just as fast as you can go uphill. And it typically begins tongue-in-cheek as getting up on the wrong side of the bed. There's no actual wrong side of the bed, but it's just referred to as getting off on the wrong foot. And it usually begets you stubbing your toe or becoming late, running into traffic. You know, one thing leads to another. So it's no accident that those people that believe themselves to be lucky are more lucky than the average person. Because of their focus, they attract more of beneficial circumstances, experiences, people than otherwise. That's why I created an affirmation for myself that I actually said in my teens, and I've often uttered it at different points in my life, and it goes something like this. 
I'm like an eagle perched high, surveying all my land, ready to seize opportunity. I am success incarnate, basically success in the flesh. I am filled with the positive power and the positive energy. I attract all good things to me. And I would say this over and over and over again. Each time I said it, I would imbue it with more and more emotional energy. I would use the tonality that was aligned with power and positivity. I would be like a bad Shakespearean actor, but I would get it in my body. I would feel it in my body. And that state, that that mental emotional state was a manifestation, which emanated in all directions. It tapped into the other thought forms that were associated with power and positivity and opportunity. And as a consequence, my life is blessed. So that's it for this episode on manifestation. What is a manifestation? Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 